up, guys? This is episode. What episode we on? Is this five? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> episode five, I believe, of cooking with high grease. Um, we I think we mixed. We missed last week, so we got a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, and we're gonna try to breeze through some of these topics and, and kind of unpack some of the other ones at a deeper level. But we want to start off, of course, uh, since we last talked, we got the official numbers from Drake's Scorpion album. And I believe it did somewhere between 720 and 730,000 first week sales, um, which is like head and shoulders, I guess, above kind of everybody else. I believe that um, if we talked about last week, I think Post Malone had the most, and he was a little over 500, I believe. Um, and so, you know, when, when we talk about Drake, it's, it's a, you know, it's always a sensitive t- t- subject because his numbers, he obviously is going to always produce the highest level of numbers. But like we said last week, um, he's benefiting greatly from kind of the streaming kind of the state of streaming right now. And they're kind of using his likeness to kind of set a, I feel to set a new pace. Yeah. That's really the only, the only really important thing that's worth talking about as far as this, just so like explain that like your whole thoughts about how they're kind of pushing, pushing him. Cause we talked about it. A little bit, and I have some questions, but I'll just really wait until we got to the podcast. Yeah, and so you say, like, explain my thoughts. It's more so, yeah. Like- so as far as because I mean, I see the nigga on every fucking playlist, you know, all, all of everything. So, and I mean, I remember you, you know, you were bringing that to my attention. Yeah. Well, I think what we what we didn't see was a big push. So he was kind of signed the Apple Music Records on his last project, <laughs> you know, uh, views for views and like more like because Apple he had, Music yeah, so he had the little deal with them, the exclusive deal with them. Um, and those, you know, his project still, his project was still on other platforms. I think they might've been, views may have been only available on Apple Music for like the first week or so or two weeks maybe um and so we only see you know he was able to set all new streaming records from that time forward but then when we fast forward to now this project he's kind of off the apple music deal open to every platform and what we've seen specifically was that push from spotify because they had never like really like aligned he wasn't um in their system at the capacity that he is that he was for this Scorpion project. So when you see the numbers on Spotify, they like crazy because mm-hmm. obviously Spotify is the biggest player in the space. And, you know, they got over a hundred million, I believe over a hundred million users total, but they have over like 70 million paid subscribers. And so my whole thing was you got all these platforms pushing the access to the music is to a point to where, at, at at midnight, you got hundreds of millions of people getting the notification 
We ain't seen that for nobody. I hadn't seen that for. I mean, I seen notifications pop up here and there, but you know what I the access that people had to his music was just at a different level. And then you go from that to going into the part to where Spotify, you know, they're known for their playlists. I was looking at a stat the other day. It's like playlists are responsible for over one third of all the listening on Spotify. So over like 30% of all the people that listen to this stuff um, are listening to it straight through the playlist. So this nigga Drake was the <laughs> face of every playlist, but Chata, gospel, like I don't yeah, know if that was I don't know if that's algorithmic based or how that happened, but those are things that all like it's like forcing people. People don't have a choice what they listen to almost for people that just throw on a playlist and just put that shit on radio or shuffle. You know, mm-hmm. the shit is just playing Drake. <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's more like you know when computers attack or some shit like that. When niggas they like turn this shit off, like you know, we don't know if people really listening or not. I mean, I, I would assume that the majority of people listen, but I think all of that says just that he's benefiting great, greatly from the system. And the you know, when when you have stuff like that, obviously the numbers. I think that he's setting a new pace. Like I said on the last podcast, you know, it used to be a point to where um, niggas was selling a million first week. At the gate, like Lil Wayne might be the first one of the first people that did it, <clears throat> and so we're gonna get slowly but surely get back to that to that point. And so I think you know you have stuff that worked in his favor, like they changed the streaming numbers the day that the album came out. I mean the process, like uh, the RIAA changed the whole like how streaming works, so that that worked in his right. favor. But all that said, when I mean, we knew he was gonna do astronomical numbers. Uh, so another, I don't think any of that comes as a surprise, but I think it's just for the people who always want to say, you know, use the numbers in the argument. I think we have to like at least talk about that. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, uh, another kind of thing that kind of came out since the last time we talked. They talked about uh, since the, the last time we talked, it was, I guess, revealed that Pusha T found out about Drake's kid from Kanye after uh, Drake played his music for Kanye in Wyoming when he was helping, maybe. I think he helped with the Yikes, the Yikes record, huh? Uh, he had writing yeah, credits on that. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and so. I don't know, I just thought all of that was funny. My personal opinion of that is that it's probably it's kind of fucked up on Kanye's behalf to do that, but what do you expect, you know? Like, the nigga already went in on him, and you know, if, if I got some information to help my homie out, do I help my homie? The the more funny thing is that Drake get caught up in this shit. I don't know if he's just too nice or he's naive or whatever it is. But he's playing mm. all this shit <laughs> for these niggas just to use it against him. Yeah, yeah. I see. That's, that's when I stopped giving a fuck at that point. Like, once I found out, let that out. And, I I mean, I knew that them niggas was cool and buddy-buddy, but I don't know. I guess finding that out kind of put it in a different light. Like, I really don't give a fuck. Like... Y'all beefing, y'all was just hanging out with each other, and like, I, I don't, I really don't even care. I don't care about Drake enough, <laughs> anyway. But you know, like finding out about all of that shit just kind of, like, it don't matter. Really. Does that does the fact that you know that now does it change your perception on no. how the beef went? No, that that was the question I have with people like. 
Do you feel different about the beef? It don't. I mean, it don't matter. These are facts that came out after the fact, but no, in the I moment, mean, you know, all this, all this shit went, and we it was it was packaged how it was packaged, and we got what we got. And for me, it don't change. It doesn't change anything. I think that you know, that's just how shit happens. Shit happens, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that, would be, I mean, that would be my uh, the way that I would sum it up. But it doesn't change the fact of how things were rolled out, and then. The blackface shit, they don't change that at all yeah, because nah, there's no it, it's no explanation for that at all. Yeah, I mean, I ain't give a fuck about the blackface shit either. But I mean, I guess I understand why people do. But I, it just looks bad. It, like you know, I don't. At the end of the day, it don't make me feel no. It just you know, it just make the nigga look like a clown, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, you know. The beef is is over with. I yeah. feel like the whole thing was, was lame. Um, you know, I think after looking at it some more, like I I don't know, Drake just he still looked bad to me. You know, I I think Jay Prince stepping in was was worse. You know, I think that he probably hurt him more than he helped him. I heard somebody say say that, and I I agree with him. Jay Prince stepping in probably helped. I mean, hurt more than it helped. So I mean, anything else that come out at this point is just it's just extra. Yeah, yeah, it's just all details are still like uh, things are still unfolding, but I don't think it matters. Uh, we're yeah. not gonna get we're not gonna get a response. Um, and I think that's a good segue into the next thing we uh, about like the freestyle. He he he's dropped two freestyles over the last couple weeks. And he's been, I feel like, still taking like subtle jabs at, at Kanye. Uh, how yeah, do you, how like you feel about those freestyles? Uh, I don't know. The first you know one. What? The, well, we start with the first one. I didn't really, you know. Nah, the first one was, I, well, I'm going to put it like this. I didn't really pay attention to neither one of them like that. I did listen to the second one, um, but I was at work, so like I ain't had no headphones in or whatever. And so. I listened to it one time, and then I was like, oh, yeah, that shit sounds tight. And I had planned on going back and listening to it again, and I just never did. Because <laughs> um, like, I just I just don't care that much. So, to be honest with you, I don't know what the hell he was saying, but, I mean, it didn't sound trash. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the first one, I didn't really – it wasn't for us. You know, it was more for, you know, for the U.K. He was doing the whole man's thing and all of the, the accent. Which nah, I don't yeah, care to yeah. I don't care to hear. Yeah. I don't know that we've the interesting thing that I was thinking about is that I don't know that we've seen an artist uh be able to go and uh spread themselves into a like a new market like he's done. Yeah. I don't know that we've seen that. And I'm not sure that it is a good a good or a bad thing right now. But I don't I mean I it's think for, it's, that music is for a whole nother market. It's not for Yeah, I mean I think it's is is dope, I guess, in a sense, because uh I mean, I don't know, he just he's just infiltrating himself into all these different markets. You know. This nigga is a he's a rap chameleon. Yeah, he just go and and do and do that shit everywhere. He can go to London and and fit in with their music and you know, put one of them niggas on and now they now they big and he can go over there. Whenever he want, and you know, and then he if he yeah. wants to, he can go somewhere else and and do that shit. You know what I'm saying? And the 
the cool thing is that right now we don't see no interviews from Drake, but he's going in. He's going in and he's on the platforms of all a lot of these UK like um, media personalities. I think the only last interview we got was from with him and uh, the guy from BBC Radio. Uh, what's the nigga name? Zane Lowe. Yeah, Zane Lowe. Oh, he sucks. Yeah, but we got that was I think the last interview we got, and now we get two freestyles from what I assume to be UK based. Yeah, uh, yeah. Platforms, and so I think is that he don't fuck with none of the American based platforms. I think he may think that they like exploiting it, so exploiting them or. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, but for some reason, he fucks with the UK based platforms and like media publications. Uh, some of them, we don't play so I, I, was wondering, I was wondering, like, what was the is that a strategic move, you know, from his perspective to do that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's strategic, of course, it's strategic. I don't necessarily know what the fuck the strategy is, but you know he it's definitely a reason behind all that it may i mean it it definitely makes sense when you say you know the american publications or in american media i'm pretty sure they do treat that nigga differently because we look at hip-hop and well y'all look at hip-hop and <laughs> rap <laughs> totally different you know it means something different to to niggas over here than it do over there they just you know, rock with the music. They probably listen to music the way I do, and they don't really care what he's talking about, what he's saying. They don't care that he ain't writing his own music. They don't care that, you know, he weak or he come off weak and all his songs. Like, they don't care about none of that shit. If the music jam yeah. to them, they gonna fool with it. And, I mean, so, maybe, maybe that's well, yeah. why he, he go over there with it. It's, it's less judgment, I guess. No, I think that that's definitely interesting. Uh, just because I think, you know, the the scene over there in the UK is emerging. It's emerged over the last few years, and so I think he get, he gets a he gets a different look, you know, as far as when he collaborates with those artists, and he's spent some time like you know help, helping a lot of putting a lot of those artists on. So I mean, I I don't know. I think it's 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 an interesting take. It's an interesting strategy. Um, for his camp to be kind of like executing on. Uh, I guess the only other thing about Drake to kind of talk about is the whole like uh, do the Shiggy challenge the for them in, in my feelings songs, and so that has now taken that song to be the number one song in the country. Um, what I think that was dope, I think more so is dope for the guy uh, Shiggy who created this whole thing. Uh, dope seeing him, the impact that he's having on culture. Uh, it's always cool to see somebody kind of, um, kind of had an impact with with what I would assume to be organic. But in this time, I know that a lot of people, a lot of labels, and a lot of camps, they will go and pay people to do that. You know, it's all a strategy. Yeah. And so they might contract Shiggy to come up with a dance and then they might have, you know, a list of other influencers that are going to do it after he wrote. This is like a rollout. Yeah. And so you can almost like. That didn't happen here. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I don't know that it happened. I don't, I'm not saying that it happened here. I know what I heard is that that happened with like the mannequin challenge. Oh, yeah. I can uh, see that. Uh, with this, I don't, maybe not the case, but I think it's all interesting where we're in a time now. I was reading an article and it talked about how 
right now, they said that the Will Smith one was not organic, that Drake, they got Will Smith to do that. Yeah. And so we're in this time now where it's, you can't really tell what's advertising and marketing and what's really organic and natural uh, because that's what, that's what is happening right now. We're in the time now where like marketing, content, and advertising is all like blended together, which I think is cool, but then you don't know really what's, what's kind of happening naturally and what's, uh, people are paying to kind of get your attention on. Yeah. Uh, but that's just that's just really the world that we live in. Yeah. But um, when you see the uh, no most annoying thing is like when you see shit like this pop in now everybody doing a fucking challenge for something. Um, everybody got a dance challenge or some other stupid cinnamon toast crunch challenge. So what? <laughs> what is it, what is it called? The not the, nah, the cinnamon challenge. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, niggas got all kind of fucking swallow, swallow some cinnamon or some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep swallowing cinnamon. Stupid niggas shit. is out here killing themselves. Yeah, bro. Nah, that's dumb. Shit. But you know, now you get all these weird ass challenges popping up, and everybody trying to. This is almost annoying. Is the whole like how many retweets to for me to get this? You know, free shit. Oh yeah, that's the stupid uh, shit on Twitter. <laughs> I just it, it's just shit to get attention. I think that's. That's more annoying than anything because you literally don't get anything. And, like, even yeah. if you do, that's dumb. Like, if you in college and you're asking for 25,000 retweets not to take a, a test, <laughs> like, bitch, I don't want you to get no degree because you got 25,000 retweets. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, that's the most annoying thing. But the tight one was the nigga who did it for the chicken nuggets. Like, that was cool to see that, but then once it, it happened, now everybody doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they had to get hella retweets from them niggas, too. Man, he got over two million, I believe. He had, like, the most retweets ever. He, like, put Ellen off. Uh, he, like, knocked off his, like, the most retweeted photo. I think she did one from, like, the uh, Oscars. Yeah, when she had that picture of everybody in that bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was tight. But moving along... Uh, Future dropped a new project mm. since the last time we talked. Mm-hmm. Beast Mode 2. What's your thoughts on it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Fucking with it? That shit is that far. Yeah. And from when first listen, I didn't really know. You know, but I think I think the more the thing that I want to talk about with here is, is like, you know, we always had this this debate on like uh people wanting to hear new stuff from artists versus people you getting what you expect from an artist mm-hmm. and I you know, I feel like I'm guilty of being on like different sides of that, you know, depending on the artist. Yeah, it just depends on who uh, you are. You can't, man, you can't do certain people. You, they can't go too far outside of their wheelhouse. You got somebody like, like Kendrick, I'd be mad as hell if he gave me three good kid mad cities or if Drake gave niggas, you know, the same well shit he kind of do but like like consistently like one album full of take care material throughout his whole career like that would be trash because you know he capable of so much more with niggas like future though like that nigga range like, ain't that fucking far man but it seems like that's what people want from future it's like that's what they missing you know it's like the game is missing that and it's almost the same, I, not to bring, like, push the T into it, but it's like when the nigga ain't rap, he only really rap about one thing. Yeah. You know, you, you know what you're going to get, but people appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, because he do it because better than Nobody does is. it better. Yeah, nobody else does it. So 
maybe that's the whole thing. It's like if it's something that nobody really does better than you know that you nobody does better than you, you can kind of stick in that you know in that space and and stay there. So that was my like my first like inner reaction to the because I was just like playing it in the background while I was doing something at the crib, and I was like, ah oh, shit, this sounds just like every other future. But once I like listen to that shit with my headphones and kind of like really. I was like, yo, I'm fucking with this shit. Like, yeah. I ain't had no music like this that in a while. Is, that <laughs> shit is hard. But I mean, it really just depends. Like, you don't even have to be the best. That just made me think of like somebody else. Like, you don't want to hear no different shit from like 21 Savage. Like, I feel like he can stay in his same lane and just keep maybe, you know, iterating on it. And as long as that shit dope, he can stay in that same wheelhouse, nigga, and pump out fire shit. But I think, yeah, I think that that's a, that's the smart though. Yeah, man. To yeah. be honest, I think it's a thin line between like experimenting and like following the trend. And so I think a lot of people, you know, they well, they experiment with it. Sound like maybe if I'm just I'm kind of like thinking out loud right now, but like somebody like Young Thug, mm-hmm. you know, he I th- I still think he's saying the same lane. But people, I think people appreciate his experimentation of music because he's kind of like opening up new doors and sounds and subject matter and shit for like to be okay to rap about certain shit or, like, to have a flow with us. I think I really like Young Thug as an artist. Yeah, but I would consider him to be, like, an experimental, like, artist where he experiments with a lot of different things. Uh, whereas you have a lot of people who, in order to maintain their relevancy, they'll just jump on trends because they really trying to, you know, remain relevant. And I think those are the artists that you, you kind of see come and go. Uh, and it, even some bigger names, they'll fall out. Um, you know, they'll kind of fall back on a project. And I think maybe a lot of people suffer from that. Like, you know, they got the, the sophomore, what they call it, the sophomore mm-hmm. slump, uh, where a lot of people, after they do their first project, you know, it took them their whole life to make that. But that second one, they just trying to really find something that's going to work. You know, and a lot of times I think that's where people, you will see people like kind of fall short. But I think all in all, I'm not mad at the future. Like, I think, how you feel about Zaytoven? So, um, I liked him on on this project. I feel like overall, I I mean, I feel like he uh, a a southern legendary producer. Um, mm-hmm. but I said before I even knew that this project was coming out that I don't want to hear a whole fucking project from from Zayn. Yeah, this is I don't want to hear that shit. because that's what I was thinking. So I was what I was thinking about. I was like, how do I really feel about Zaytoven? Like. I think he's unique, and he's like, uh, what you like you said, a legendary producer when it comes to like that that Atlanta sound. Mm-hmm. But it's mainly his keys, and it's like I feel like it's only so much that yeah, it's only it's only really so for much a whole that you project, can do. You know, when you do when he doing a whole project. The thing about it is like his range as far as drums and drum patterns and shit like that, like and like the amount of different things that he, I don't want to say that he can do, but that he decides to do. It's just really not not that big, and so you pretty much gonna get the same, you know, bop from everybody, every track. You know what I'm saying? And you know, yeah. it's just different keys and different runs and shit like that. And you know, it may be also that you know these niggas make so many beats, and you know, I be telling niggas all the time that I don't really make beats like that. You know, not a lot because I don't want all my shit to sound the same because, like, I'm me. I like the way a certain thing sounds, and 
I think that's what be happening in the Zaytoven sometimes, man. He be making so many beats that which is just sounding like something that you said right there is I think something maybe we could talk about more offline, but is there a possibility that's for from a production standpoint to when you talk about simplicity, like when you talk about production, I think that you could I don't think that just shit has to all sound the same. It's about I think getting to a point where it's simple enough where the artist can really like take it to another level with what they do from their vocal performance. Like, cause even though, you know, the, the, the production as a, as whatever layer it is to the kind of the full, uh, the, the full track, I think different artists could do a lot of different things yeah. with, 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 with even that same beat or that same sound. But how do you not like add too much to it to where it sounds the same, but it gives them the freedom to kind of really like take it, you know, wherever they want to take it. I mean, see, it. I think that's the difference. I think, I, or I think that's where um, like having a relationship and actually being able to work with the artist comes in um, because I can, a lot of times, you know, of course it depends on who you're working with, but. You know, you got some artists that you can build like a base level beat to where they can get a good vibe off of it, but it's nothing there. They can do whatever they want to. They can take it up, take it down. They can sing whatever key, rap, whatever tone or pitch they want to rap in or whatever. Yeah. And then after they do that shit, you can come back and then add, you know, whatever onto what they did. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, that gives it variety as well. Or some artists you may just have to, you know, give them more you know do more of the instrumentation and then just let them put their voice in it but i just feel like if you making 10 15 beats a day like it's only so many ideas out there bro so, exactly and we talked about that last i think last podcast with the whole edge yeah yeah like i think that that whole exactly. yeah. like it's only so many ideas out there and especially you know with the same person coming up with these ideas you know i just think that eventually your shit is gonna start to sound the same or repetitive or you know something something about it and i I don't know i just feel like that's how i feel about uh zaytoven beats a, a lot of them yeah 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 um is is future at the point to where I seen a lot of people comparing them to uh, Lil Wayne? Is he at the point to where we can make that comparison now? How you feel? How you feel yeah, about comparing it? them to Lil Wayne as far as what? I don't know. They just saying is it was a question on Twitter that they asked was Future's catalog better than Lil Wayne's catalog? Oh, uh, you talking about his mixtapes? Uh, I guess you. I mean, he got enough. I guess you could say mixtapes. He got enough to where we can compare. Um, yeah. And you want to say quality, it just depends on what you like. Me personally, even though I feel like Wayne, uh, maybe in his prime, was a better artist than Future in his prime, I personally like more of Future mixtapes than I like a Wayne projects. Just mixtapes. Yeah. So you, you, are you specific? Are you specifically saying like the? Yeah, mixtapes? I'm just talking about mixtapes. So the mixtape, but mixtape Weezy was crazy. I know, so like the, the whole drought. I series, know that shit was the whole crazy, series. but like, but that was like different, and it was all like punchline. Yeah, that's it's what I was about to thing. say. And so it depends on how you like how you yeah, music, how you like your music. And so me personally, the, with the way I like my music, like Wayne was so good that I like those mixtapes. But he just rapping, like he really. 
Like he literally just rapping. He owned everybody else. Yeah. Beat. It was just other you know people's beats. That he was he was just really like destroying other people's yeah. beats, you know. And, and so it was a, I guess it's a different a different vibe. It, yeah, it is a different vibe for because for me, for me to even make it worth my while to even justify listening to that shit, I would have to pay attention to what he said. Because if not, I'll just go listen to the original song. And you know, yeah, yeah. I don't fucking like doing that. I don't like having to work <laughs> and pay attention to music, nigga. So I rather just listen to some original shit. And future his mixtape catalog is crazy. Too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I agree with, with I definitely yeah, agree with I, what you said. I, mean, I, I like look, I like Wayne. I feel like uh, you know, especially with the drought, the drought three, no ceilings. A couple of my favorite joints, but like Future, The Monster, Fifty Six Nights, Dirty Sprite. But D- Dirty uh, Sprite was an official project, though, wasn't it? Nah, Dirty Sprite Two was an album. Okay. Dirty Sprite was a mix. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm blanking right now. Yeah, Beast Mode. Yeah. Shit, now Beast Mode Two. He had like the Evil Evil Project. He did a whole bunch of he did a whole bunch of projects. I think when we talk about we talking specifically mixtapes, I definitely agree. Nah, with Eva, I think Eva was an album. Was it an album? Yeah, I, think I can't really tell. Album. I think everything an album now. To be honest, if you put it on, yeah. So it came streaming. It platform. came out. It came out in the uh, you know last last what two years? I think it came out two thousand fifteen. Yeah, that was that was an official album. It was a follow up to to DS two, but um, it wasn't. It wasn't as good. I feel like DS2, his, that's my favorite shit. That's like the pinnacle. That's peak future. Bro, listen. When I say the the craziest concert I ever went to was right when he dropped that shit. Bro, listen. He, that's the greatest shit ever, ever. Bro, listen. I'm talking about the first song went off. And I don't know. I feel like I went to a 45-minute concert after the first song. Bro. They thought it was a crazy. drought. Mm-hmm. Shit, crazy. Um... <laughs> But so moving along, new Meek Mill. They dropped the same day. First listen, I had really, well, I was really fucking with the Meek Mill more than I was fucking with the Future, to be honest. But I think it might be more so like happy to uh, just get music from Meek. Yeah, I, I, yeah, sure. That um, I'm trying to figure. out. I don't know which project, which song I like first. It came in hard. That Swiss, that Swiss beat. Uh, the way it came in, it came in. I feel like it came in hard. Uh, That's what I'm waiting on. The Swiss, Swiss yeah, Swiss is out. Yeah, the Swiss. He just, I don't know. His production it got a lot of energy behind it. You could feel him. Yeah, just it in there is. going crazy. It, it kind of man, like I'm a, I'm a fucking Timbo, Timbo stand, and I'm, I'm wondering what the hell he gonna do. Timberland, he got the tendency to disappoint niggas, so I'm hoping that like the Swiss B shit come out of this super fire, and he, you know. Get it together, but I heard that Swiss and Meek Mill shit on Instagram. Yeah, and it sounded hard. I haven't listened to Meek shit yet. You haven't listened to the whole thing. I haven't listened to no. I'm not really. I wasn't really excited to hear Damn. Meek Mill shit. I fooled with Meek as a person because I just he just seemed like a cool dude. But I ain't never really paid attention to. I never really listened to a lot of his his songs either because I feel like he more. I feel like he hard because like he can rap good, not because he necessarily make good songs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to teach his own, we already know that you <laughs> the rap, yeah, the like, rap um, shit. And know. then like when I don't know, I just 
you know, I don't like his delivery ain't for me. Like even when he not yelling, like which is rare, it just don't seem. I don't know. It just really ain't for me. But like he do got some songs that that I like. Obviously, I I heard him enough to know he can rap. So I'm gonna listen to it eventually. Yeah, I was watching the Joe Budden podcast. He was like that. What was that, Joe Budden? I was watching some, and they was arguing that Meek Mill was pretty much the number one rapper as far as street rapper. It was like nobody's bigger I, than him. I don't street. even know. It's like nobody is bigger than rapper me. We're like just rapping about the, the streets, you know, Meek Mill, YG, you know, like niggas is just rap street rap. Um, somebody was arguing at that point. I just thought that was interesting. I mean, sure. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't argue with you. Yeah. I, I can't think of nobody else outside of my head. Yeah. Um, we move into the, like uh, Jaden Smith dropped the project. It was completely on. IG, I think it's available on all the streaming platforms now. But yeah, he originally yeah, no. he originally dropped it, and it was like the electronic version of uh, of Sire. Sire, yeah, yeah, um, super dope. How, how you feel about that? It was super dope, man. That nigga is taking all my ideas, <laughs> um, but now I I liked it. He took a couple songs off of Sire, um, and for niggas that. Don't really pay attention. He's doing like this double. I don't know if it, it ain't a double album, but like Sire is like this. I guess also ego type thing, and then his the other one is supposed to be like the crunk version, and it's Iris, which is like Sire spelled backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, yeah, he did the Sire album. And he took a couple songs off of there, and he did like the electric versions of them. And he shot videos for him and put them on IGTV. And um, it was super dope just to watch. I was, of course, high when I watched the shit. So it was super tight just watching, you know, a TV float in the air. And then he got, like, what? one of these floating on a Tesla. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I, I think I saw, I thought that was the visual for all of them. The one where nah. it was, like, the two buildings and it was the TV floating in the middle of them? Nah, nah. So, um... You know how they take those those IG pictures and they blow them up over you know a whole bunch of posts. Yeah. Um. So basically, it was a it was a bigger picture, and it may still be on his Instagram, but it was a bigger picture. And then each video was like a little portion of it was basically one of those squares, and uh, and it had like a different image in it, and that was rotating. Um, so one had like a TV, one of those old little box TVs rotating, and then one of them had where he was uh he was sitting on his uh his standing on top of his Tesla, and the Tesla was just floating in the middle of the air. Um, so it was it was super dope. But um, at the end of the album, it was basically you know kind of saying that it was preparing for Iris to come, and he, you know he was making it seem like this is evil alter ego or whatever it's super dope man i like yeah. dude jason type nah bro that's like i you know i i won't give away all my ideas on it but uh i had an idea that's not this this necessary that's similar um yeah because i've been doing a lot of research on what they call the duality of man and it's talking about you know you got an evil and a, a good part and uh mm-hmm. and so i want to i'm gonna talk to you about more about that that's not material for the for the podcast though. Most definitely. Um, Rick Ross. New album on the way. Man, listen, he needs to hurry and drop this. I'm shit, I'm extra, extra excited about that. Yep. I think we need we need new Ross. That's what we've been missing. Uh you know, all year. That's the only person yeah. that we missing, really. 
to hear yeah. from the the big boss himself. Nah, Rick we Zell. need we need <laughs> we need young scoop and score. Travis Scott. I, I oh, need well, my that's dog. coming too. Yeah, we're gonna talk about yeah, that in a second. I yeah, need my coming. dog. I, I'm, young, I'm very young, excited Young about Scoop and score. Um but yeah, Rick Rouse. Uh boy. I get thinking, I don't know if he could have come at a more perfect time. He, his timing on this album, this new album is 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 perfect. It was a port of Miami too. He says ten what is he, did he say it was he didn't say it was ten years in the game. How many years has uh, he been? Yeah, it's just I think a full, it has been. It has been ten ten, ten years. Ten uh, years since his first, since the Port of Miami original, and he yeah, coming back. Think, he said he bringing it all full circle. That's what he said. I feel yeah, like Rick I Ross think, been out, was out before two thousand eight though. But that's not. Nah, I think it might have dropped. I think Port of Miami might have dropped like two thousand six, yeah. and he was trying to get it out back then, but he ended up pushing it back and placing uh, goddamn uh, rather you than me in his spot. Okay. Um. But now we getting put in Miami too. Well, yeah, he said it's uh it's full circle. I mean, nobody. I don't know. I don't even know what you would consider uh Rick Ross's because you know we called uh Pusha T luxury drug rap. I mean, would you put Rick Ross in that same category? Or is it, he's in his league so nobody raps like Rick Ross. He got no, the no, perfect. No, no, he got no. the perfect voice. Like the the way he put his words together, his vocabulary, all this shit is just. Yeah, you know. that nigga, he, he on another level. Uh, I don't even know what you can describe his music as. Luxury drug rap sounds good, but if that's Pusha, he got to be another level. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because he, Pusha, I think, is the boy drug, but it's not, he on some, like, it's just some bullshit. It's, it's everything. I think he got that Miami, like, um, you know, Miami, they know for, it's just a certain style and a flair that they got. And mm-hmm. so he had that to it. It's just I don't know. I love everything about the shit what Rick Ross doing. Yeah, one of, he's, he's definitely he's one of my nigga. one of my favorite one of my favorite artists. He never puts out good first singles though to me. Well, I'm not gonna say never because back when Teflon Dunn came out, uh, that was BMF, and yeah, then I think no, that uh, was going crazy. Yeah, that was hard. And then the next album he put out was God Forgives I Don't, and I think the first single out there was like. These niggas can't hold me back. Uh, but after that, I'm trying to think. What was of the, the what singles? Was, what was the single off of uh, Mastermind? Was it the, the the joint with Puff and uh, French? Was that the was single? It, was it that? I just I, wanted, I probably want to call it that the single because that was like the, the big the biggest kind of topic. Uh, like that was the thing that people was talking about. Um, but. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't remember. But I said green, to say about the green Gucci, the green Gucci. Yeah, suit. it wouldn't. It didn't really hit me like that. But I don't really care because, like, he don't. I don't. I want to say he don't really put out good first singles like that. Yeah, I think <laughs> uh, we gotta judge it by the body of work. Like, yeah, I think he's I, definitely a body. I don't of work think type that he. Uh, I, mean, I think he kind of slowed like the the black dollar. Uh, it was all right, you know. No, I but like I, Black Dollar. So Black Dollar and Black Market, that was the mixtape. That yeah. Black Dollar was the mixtape that came before. Yeah. I like that. It. it just didn't get the right push, man, Um, in my opinion. Because I remember, oh, like, he was mad about, I think that was his last album before he went to Epic. And, yeah. you know, he was just mad because it didn't really get the push that it needed. But it was like, all right, whatever, fuck it. I'm about to come back with Rather You Than Me. 
Yeah, I had to probably go back. Yeah, I had to go back and probably listen, man, because it was just like if you hold it up to like mastermind. That shit, Mastermind was just out of this world to me. But I don't, bro, listen, like, we can go. You have to listen to it. We can go track for track on this. Because Free Enterprise with John Legend, that's the intro. It's dumb hard. I like that. I like that. Smile Mama with CeeLo, dumb hard. Mm-hmm. One of Us with Nas, dumb hard. Silk Road, that's the hardest song on the album. And then you got Color Money when he going in on goddamn. Uh, yeah, who was he going uh, on? That? He was going in on Birdman. Yeah, he Birdman. Shots at Birdman on that motherfucker. Yeah, that was the first time. That's then the first he time got. Then. I think so. It might have been. So he got some joints on this album. Bro. He ain't. He definitely ain't missing. I think Mastermind is just my favorite one. But, yeah, Mastermind probably. And then I like that that Hood Billionaire. I just like that that moving bass on that shit so hard to me. Yeah, Hood Billionaire. I didn't like that, but Hood. I mean the uh the moving bass was hard. Teflon Dunn. That's probably a a top a top tier Ross album as well. Yeah, and then he got classic mixtapes too. I don't know, man. We right, we might need to have that conversation about Rick Ross if, if that's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could definitely delve deeper into it on another at another date once the album actually come out. Uh, I think it'll be a good time to kind of like dive into it, talk, you know, unpack a lot of other stuff. Uh, and up until that point, I'm probably gonna listen to some more of his music just to niggas just used to, to have that. Niggas used to have that um that that Ross versus Jeezy conversation when they was having their little beef, and I don't know, man. Uh, I don't think, think he called ghosts on that. Called ghosts on my nigga. Yeah, man. He he had his shoulders above, but uh, and, and I fuck, but I fuck Jeezy, Jeezy that's too, the, the the trap of die. Nah, that shit. Uh, thug motivation. Uh, what is it? One hundred and one. Mm-hmm. Like that shit, classic. I used to ride to school every morning to listen to that shit for sure. Yeah, I, I like I like the recession album, but you know I don't know, man. Ross Ross just been consistent, man. He survived fifty. Uh, <laughs> you know, not many people can do that. Got Jairul and Ashanti looking looking like they looking. Yeah, I seen some. So, I seen somewhere today about to drop a collab album. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we we can just skip over that. Um, we don't want that. <laughs> we don't. We don't want that. Did you uh, get a chance to listen to Wiz's project? Yeah, man, I did. I see I you tweeted something. I remember what you tweeted. You might have tweeted that it was stanky. It was stanky. <laughs> it was it reeked. But this is this is a better Wiz project. I actually was able. It to is to man. The, It's better than like the last shit he been. Uh, it is. I, so I, I, I was able to listen to listen. it. Yeah, I was able to listen to it, and I think it was solid for Wiz. But you know, when you comparing it to like Cushion OJ and like the Taylor Allardyce, which I think like Taylor, you know, people love the Cushion OJ, but I just I don't know Taylor Allardyce did do some. Yeah, that's like another that's level better thing. than Cushion OJ. I just, I just like I just like that shit way better. But I think the Wiz project was overall solid. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't bad, man. It sounds like every Wiz project ever. Yeah, it won't be and, a, it won't be a project one. that I go back and listen to a lot. But I'm I definitely like uh, shortlist a couple songs off of that uh, and put them in the like rotation. Yeah, um, yeah. It sounds like a, you know he took bits and pieces from every album they made and threw that together. Real nice. It was straight. I liked it. Yeah. Um, we you touched on this a minute, but new, we got a new Travis project coming. Did he give a release date for that? Nah, like he never gave a release date, and niggas was mad <laughs> that it ain't come out. Like, oh, uh, yeah, I, I know he never gave when a I, release date. Yeah, when man. I seen it, I was like, Is, it could have happened, but you know, niggas used to the, like the surprise drops and shit like that, so people might have thought it was gonna happen, but they definitely what they in, like, they in Hawaii working. Imagine that they in Hawaii niggas, working right now, so niggas are mad. 
because they can't predict a surprise. Uh, a, a fucking surprise. <laughs> like, you're not supposed to know when it's coming up. I, did he have Nav out there in the way? I hope not. That's why I said, hey, you need to ship his ass back home. A one way nah, trip. Send his ass on a boat uh, <laughs> to Bahala. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really fuck with that. Boy, that know. nigga catfished the fuck out of everybody. Yeah, but I don't know where he came from. But yeah, I saw I'm a picture of shit. him. I think that was Billy. Like, it was a far away ass picture. And uh, mm. I know them niggas don't necessarily look that much alike, <laughs> but if you nigga, zoom they don't, the they fuck don't out. They don't look nothing like. I mean, if you zoom out, man, <laughs> they they two fat, light-skinned niggas. Man, that ain't that big. He ain't big as Billy, but Billy lost man. a lot of weight, too, though. So. Yeah, I was about to say, Billy slammed down. But, yeah, um, I would much rather that be Billy. Then, then now, cause yeah, Billy like, are, I like, man. yeah, I like Billy. He don't, he don't um, get a lot of, he don't get a lot of credit. Uh, but he definitely is definitely a solid artist. I like, I like it when he put out music. I always listen. Yeah, he's, and he he's always a, have, he always hard. have a couple hard, a couple super hard tracks. Uh, yeah. but new Travis Astro World. Um, yeah, what did, what did, what would be the expectations for this, this new Travis project? I mean, it's probably man, that shit gotta be better than Birds, man. And Birds is hard. Like I like, I mean, Travis. He's like one of my favorite. I don't even consider if you call him a new artist. Not him. Uh, but he's definitely. I mean, he, he fathered a lot of the sound that we hear today. Uh, he got it from somebody else. He just kind of made his own like little rendition of it, with, like Cuddy and. Yeah, Cuddy. I mean, he, but you he know, mixed it. He all made. the artists like that. Like I don't. Travis didn't have a whole lot of music out before we discovered him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, all and well, he, he might have, but he just probably took it down. Like, yeah, I mean, but I don't even think so because, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But uh, I, I don't think he had a whole lot of material out before we saw him. And you know how a lot of artists, um, especially artists like him, they emulate their favorite artists first, and then you know you eventually grow and. Uh, you 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 shape that into your own sound, and so yeah. that's what we've seen with him. So a lot of it's gotten to the point now where where Kanye fucking sounds like him, you know, like Kanye biting off of him instead of the other way around. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, Kanye probably working with him. He he drawing a lot of inspiration from them. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of what my favorite Travis song is. That that'd be a hard question. I really like that fucking nine on two one zero. At the top of my head, that's the first one to kind of pop up. Uh, but he got so many tracks that's just hard, bro. His sound, the sound, his sound is just—I don't even know if you consider what you would consider it, but that shit feel like you know Mike Dean get on them keys. That shit feel like a, you in a fucking video game or some shit. Yeah, man. Uh, that, you can, like you can take over, like you can take over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely excited for that. He has, he hasn't dropped any singles. I don't need, has he done it? Yeah, he dropped. He did a few. When was the last one he did song? Watch. Oh yeah, that but that was a while back though. Wasn't yeah, it? that was supposed to have been a single. I hope the fact that uh nobody was fucking with that shit. <laughs> Cause who was on there? Was it Quavo and Kanye? Mm-hmm. Was it? No, it was Uzi and Kanye. Yeah. Uh, Uzi and Kanye. I don't know. That, I ain't really. It song was cool, but I, no, it was I, not. I wouldn't. It wasn't for me. I ain't listened to it no more. That was trash. <laughs> um. We'll see. Big uh, trash. Hey, listen. Trash. Uh, I know this wasn't on the the docket, but uh, my dog Trouble Trouble, Big Trouble, baby. If y'all don't follow him, follow that nigga 
and join in the movement that he got going. He got the Keisha uh, and them challenge. Uh, the Keisha and them challenge. I see, I seen that. Lord have mercy, <laughs> Jesus. He got the, the girls twerking. Man, he That's got them out here doing some extra, extra, extra. And he still got the hardest album out this year. Yeah, we're going to get into that in a second. Um, new Mac Miller. Excited about that. It's like Hell this, yeah. 2018 is the year. Yeah, it's been crazy. Have, have, we, have we seen? Has it been a year like this before? I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think, like, since I've been listening to music and been heavily into it. Man, I don't know. I, don't know. I, feel, I feel like I felt this same way maybe, like, 2015, 16, something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. somewhere around there where it was just a lot of music. So I'm gonna say we haven't seen nothing like this. To be honest with you, the only thing that's changed is the fact that, um, well, number one, the the Beyonce and Jay Z album was 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 huge. Like you know, besides the fact that we're getting all this music in one year, but they album was huge because everybody been wanting the album from them too. But that that June, that that good music shit, man, like that's. That was crazy, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. four albums from the same producer. Uh, I mean, they were short, but all in one month, that was crazy. I think getting yeah. hit with all of that shit on top just, of all the other shit that was coming in June, that shit was crazy, bro. Yeah, shit is definitely crazy. And now we got new Mac Miller coming top of top of August. Yeah, I mean, I really like Mac Miller. I liked his uh, slash project uh, with the Divine Feminine. Yeah, he uh, uh he he on something. It's something street, about it's, it's something. It's something about Mac Miller. He dropped some. Well, he dropped a few singles. Well, he yep. dropped some maybe some throwaways like a pack. With, he like, dropped like three and songs in there. Two and of then them. he just dropped the other one. It was called what's it called? Self care. Self care. Getting uh, Ariana Grande ass the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, I, did you watch the video for that? He was in like a fucking pine box or something. No, I ain't, I ain't, I didn't get a chance to watch the the video when the song dropped. I was at work, and so I just listened to it. Yeah. Um. Had this shit just jamming out throughout the store, man. That shit, that shit is hard. I like, I like that song. My nigga, like, got the dirty feet on the <laughs> fucking cover. Like, I don't know. I just feel like this shit about to be hard. And he hasn't dropped nothing bad since I started listening to him. So, yeah, he's solid, man. He always, he always comes through with with a with a solid project. And I don't know, Mac Miller. He. He good. I seen somebody tweet that was like, it's something about Mac Miller that I just really like. I I, I connect with his music in a different level because I feel like he being honest and genuine and all this stuff, man. He give you all the, you know. Greatest white you. rapper in the past 15 years. Well, that's, uh, I'm, we're going to leave that there, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> top, top five albums. So your top five albums of the year. Uh, you already said Big Trouble. Edge yeah. was one. Give me, give me the other four. Uh, I mean, you ain't got to say a particular order, but you, right, can't do so, it. you can't do it in order if you want to. Nah, I don't want to do it in order right now because uh, I ain't even think about the new shit they released. But I, I go uh, Trouble, J-Rock, um, uh, kids, he goes. Um, man, what else did I like that came out of this year? J. Cole, maybe. 
How many is that? Four? Yeah, that's four. Uh, damn, damn. What else I've been listening to? This was a lot easier. <laughs> oh, the uh, the the Carters, Jay Z and Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that did. That just came out too. I think for me, uh, I would definitely have to go with Pusha, J Cole. I like uh, Valley Valet. Uh, mm-hmm. I like Valet's project. I like J Rock's project. Uh. And then I definitely would have to throw in uh, throw Edgewood in there because that should get a lot of spins from me. Man, uh, is I don't know. Like we don't. It's just kind of hard, man. Valet came out in February. That shit seemed like last year. Yeah, I mean, it's so much shit that came out. It feel like last year, but Valet gets a lot of spins from me. I don't know what it's about what it is about to be, but I just like I just like his music. Man, his bro, like his his first that little good job you found me shit is so hard. Like I I don't know who somebody got to go out my top five. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just the project is definitely hard. He got a great voice as far as his sound, mm-hmm. uh, subject matter. He just he really good. I remember I was watching a documentary with Puff, and he's really good at saying things you don't expect him to say, yeah. or nobody to say, you know. Um, and I think that, that that's what make him a really kind of cool up and coming uh, artist. But yeah, I mean uh, that, that's yeah. how I kind of top five. I don't know. You guys are more than welcome to share your top five with us, uh, especially if his son's out, if his album's outside of. The normal, you know, we always looking to be put on new music. Um, next thing, and this was kind of a big debate on Twitter or just social media in general, uh, was the Kylie Jenner being named the youngest self-made billionaire. Well, she's on her path to become the youngest self-made billionaire. Uh, a lot of people was pissed off and mad talking about self-made and how she self-made and her family came from money and all of that stuff. But um, I just, you know, it's it's always funny. It's because it feel like that people, you know, need something to hate. I can understand people's perspective. And like I said, even when we were talking about, I think, the edge stuff, like, I can understand your perspective. Talk to me about how you feel. Like, but a lot of this stuff, people start to, like, insinuate stuff. They pushing their feelings on you. And when they start doing that, you know, it's just, it's a lot of truth. It's It's truth. It's facts. And then it's feelings. And while I can resonate with your feelings on things and I can understand, like when people say that, you know, the Kardashians as a whole is like exploiting uh, what it means, like black women, because society didn't sell black women, like they curve or like the way they do their hair or like they features or none of that stuff. But when, they, you know, a white woman, white women go and do those things or like women from other uh, ethnicities are go and do that thing and then it becomes praise. I guess I, guess I, I definitely understand those things. <laughs> but I also understand, like, that it's not easy to make a billion dollars, like, no matter what. And I understand that self-made is just a fucking tagline, bro. Like, it ain't nobody self-made. You go get help. You go get help. It, yeah, some, everywhere. It, it, somebody's helping you at any point in time. But for her to do what she's doing, to do they have a big... know what the fuck she's doing? That's first of all. Well, they said she's just selling makeup. But from they, my they, perspective, like knowing what I know and what I read and what I heard at the Holbrook's estate, 
She deserves every fucking dollar. And that's just being real. Well, yeah. I mean, people be like, well, if I had, you know, because she got money and shit no. like that. But it ain't it no. ain't even that simple because a million dollars ain't ain't much to 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 a lot of people turning one million dollars or turning a hundred million dollars into a billion dollars ain't easy. <laughs> Bro, no matter what. Maybe it give you a better chance than starting with zero. But it's still not easy, and you have to do make a lot of really good decisions, put a lot of real good people around you, uh, in, in order to get there. So, a lot of people we give a we can give a hundred people a million dollars right now, and a lot of them be broke after a year. Mm-hmm. And you know that's just the reality. So I think while I understand, um, you know, people's perception of what society does, like you got to really just take the time, and you got to get out of what are you doing for yourself? Who are you? How can you go intern for college and then start your own makeup brand? I also seen that there was another like a black owned makeup brand, and I'd be remiss not to mention this, but it's like a black minority owned makeup brand that is actually worth a billion dollars. Um, which I think is cool. So, you know, obviously, we want to like highlight those things, but I didn't even know that. That's getting, dope. Yeah, that, that's definitely dope. But the hate that she getting, I think that people. A lot of people got too much ego and pride to to do whatever it is. You ain't got to be the next billionaire, but to change their situation. Like, are you willing to go intern, you know, for somebody? <laughs> so you can learn to get your foot in the door and learn, like, the ins and outs of the business? Are you able to, are you willing to give up some, you know, what are you willing to give up or sacrifice or, you know, do to, like, actually get ahead? And a lot of people not willing to do a lot. They just want to complain because they feel like somebody owes them something. And that's the only thing that I can't sympathize with. Like, you know, niggas don't owe you nothing. You know, whatever's happened has happened. And either you can complain about it or you can do real things to kind of like change the circumstances and change, you know. I'm not a fan of people that just complaining and ain't doing no work. How far are you willing to go to prove that you believe in or something? That's what I be really, that's what I be trying to see. Yeah. And so I think it was just crazy the amount of hate that she was getting. Um, but I do understand how the system has been set up where it's not a lot of, a lot of resources. I live this shit every day. It's not a lot of resources for minorities, whether it be women or um, men or people from whatever, you know, disenfranchised underrepresented groups that have access to resources to actually build companies. Those things definitely have to change, but you know, either you can, all you can do is bring more awareness to it and not quit. That's the only thing you can really do. Um, until things change, you got to be a kind of a, a person that's bringing, hi- highlighting, and you got to be good at the shit that you're doing. Because just because you're a minority or you're a woman, like, niggas ain't going to just give you nothing. Yep. You got to actually you got to actually be good at what you do. You got to take some time to perfect your craft. And so I think, you know, that's just where I stand on it. Like I said, I do understand some of this stuff, but it's like people just ready to, like, blow the whistle on somebody. You know, they're ready to counsel somebody, like, how she self-made. Like, why do the fuck do that matter? It's a fucking tag. Like, <laughs> you know, she about to be the youngest billionaire, regardless. And she the youngest one out of the whole family. How is that happening? Ain't none of them other, they, you know, they might all be billionaires one day, but she is excelling faster than everybody else. Is it because everybody just putting their money in her? Or is she doing something right? Man, get to the good part. <laughs> what you mean by the how good this, part? Let's, let's talk about how this nigga Tiger fumbled the bag. Uh, okay. Well, that's that's a whole other fucking subject. He got to be kicking this stuff. I don't know what he did wrong, but you know, 
ever since he got rid of he been putting out some he been putting out some pretty decent music. Man, that nigga been putting out the fire flames. Like yeah. but <laughs> shit, what I, I at what cost? See, man, I mean he definitely it definitely cost him a couple hundred million. A couple hundred million. A few hundred million half of a hundred. I don't oh, know how many. Boy, million I would have took her for half. <laughs> Yeah, bro. She uh, he dropped a bottle on that, but Young Travis, Young Scoop and Scope. He slid. He slid, that's why you called him Young Scoop and Scope. <laughs> he slid. <laughs> he slid right in and did his thing. Yes, boy. sir. Hey, listen. He slid right in. I gotta commend. I gotta commend my the young the young bull. Mm-hmm. He did exactly <laughs> what the fuck he was supposed to do. Um, that's you know that's that. I think that's a good segue. You know, Diddy, they they had a whole like he did an article and he was slamming like the industry because of the lack of investment in the uh, black enterprises. And that kind of just, I mean, that's just a continuation of their last thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's happening. Like the whole this whole thing is exploiting, like you know, black Twitter, all of these things. Like we're are we are the people that's like really running the culture. So you know that American culture runs the world, and we really run. American culture, like black people, uh, whether it be through music, through the cool shit we do, content, mm-hmm. like um, a lot of the things, and brands are using that content, and a lot of people are taking from the culture. They're not willing to give people opportunities. Is actually doing it. They just taking the formula and running with it. Which I think, uh, it, all in all, the people that's doing that, or the people that's kind of trying to hold people and keep people out of the space. Eventually, they they're not gonna be they don't they're not gonna have no longevity because what you can't do is if you can't create culture, you're not gonna be around. Yeah, you can you know. And it was a conversation I think I seen on Twitter, and it was talking about the same thing. Maybe not black enterprises, but maybe like giving people from the culture opportunity. And so you got all these middlemen who won't give up their secrets, who won't like give you opportunities, who won't help you out because they feel like they help you out there is gonna take something away from them. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that even if they do that, they're going to be the ones that lose. They can maybe keep their position, but it's no better time than right now for you to like find a little, your own little niche doing something, whether it be making playlists or it, uh, it was a billboard article. It was like the 48 new like jobs of the future in the music business. I think I, I see that. Yeah. And you could just see like all these different ways people are making money and, and finding an opportunity, creating their own opportunity in the music space. It's just going to be more of that because the reality is that the traditional method, that shit is uh, deteriorating. So everybody's trying to hold on to their they spot. You know, <laughs> the time is going to be up on them soon. And I don't know, I think you can slam it. I think it's good for somebody like Diddy to, to bring awareness on those things. Um, and then we just have to figure out. I see a lot of the people uh, starting funds. Like I think Drake got a, like, a venture fund. Jay Z got a venture fund. I don't know if Diddy got one. I'm pretty sure he invested. Yeah, he helped people out at some point in time. It's some kind of way. But what we got to do as a group, we got all these people who may not have like real like astronomical wealth. But how do we bring people together because to help fund more business? Gotta make that shit I look think, cool, man. Yeah, and we gotta fund. Yeah, we gotta fund ourselves. We gotta figure out a way to fund our own people and our own ideas uh, in our own community uh, because. Every other group is doing that. Yeah. You know, I mean, they they funding they funding themselves. And so while the industry maybe not investing in it, it's it's doing what it's designed to do. 
we got to figure out another way to kind of make shit happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you got anything else. Nah, I mean, we just, we got to make that shit look cool. <laughs> You 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 make it look cool, you know. I don't know how to. You gotta make it look. You gotta make it look sexy. Yeah, you just gotta make that look like. Yeah, that's the that's what we need. That's what I need to be doing. He doing that? Oh yeah, hell yeah, I'm trying to do that. Like I I don't yeah I had that sound like some this. like I don't know. It sounds like a joke, but like it can be done. I guess uh, the closest example of you know how like now it's it's in style to like you know, be faithful and treat women right and all this different type of stuff. <laughs> like, it could be done, man. <laughs> yeah, bro, I think... Niggas still gonna be niggas, but, like, at least that's the talking points. I think it's, yeah, you... I had a interesting conversation a while back where I was talking about this stuff, like, me being in tech and, and me, like, doing this tech shit, like, I got in the tech shit. Shit just not sexy, only until you get to a certain level, but you got people... Like, I'm trying to figure out how to share my story uh, to bring people in this. But you got other people who people might look look more up to or they pay more attention to because what they do is sexy. Like, or if you're a party promoter. And I, I did that before. Or you, like, sell drugs or whatever. They're the people, they're the people who get people's attention mm-hmm. because it's, like, more of a sexy lifestyle. And I think I was talking to somebody. I was, like, part of what I had struggled with is, like, how to share my story and make it look cool enough for people to want to be, like, yo, I want to do that, too. And... I think more of it is like sharing your story and it being more authentic where you got to kind of share the ups and the downs and like let people more into your life. And some people you got to make, some people got to make their sacrifice. Yeah. I, for the longest, I didn't want to, I was like, man, I'm keeping kind of everything private. But I think it's important to kind of share and talk about the things that you're doing because then people can kind of relate to it more or they can just see that they want to do it. So that was how I like internalized it was that, you know, you had said that and I told you like everywhere I go, like I dress. I don't be dressing, mm-hmm. you know, doing the whole like charade and the whole dance. Like I go and dress however I dress, like just my own personal style yeah. and how I want to dress because I want to see, I want people like me or they come from where I'm from, from, where I'm from that look like me um, to know that they don't have to, they can be in this space and just be themselves. Yeah, And I think that's, that's a cool factor that just how I try to approach it. But I definitely agree with what you're saying you you it doesn't sound crazy i think on the per- surface that it sounds crazy but in actuality yeah it's not a crazy thing because people just gonna gravitate more towards to what they relate to mm-hmm. and if you if you make tech unrelatable then niggas gonna be like i can't do that shit that's nerd that's nerd shit like i don't know how to like do none of this shit and that was one of the reasons why you know i was like i seen this shift and i was like all right well we need to kind of focus on like the media side. It's just leveraging technology because anybody can do that. Now we teach people how to like just make sure that you you're tech enabled right. with what you do, so you can be able to collect data and that you can be able to like um, you leverage technology to to do things to to create an experience. And so that becomes things that you can show people, and it's a lot more cool than sitting behind a computer like banging on the keyboard on a, in a whole nother fucking language that it's just impossible to kind of explain to people how to do but I think we, we're in an interesting time I think I think it's bright I can see good good things on the horizon I'm not I'm not uh, discouraged why well, there's a lot of work to left to go I think that the work will get done 
Yeah, I think eventually it'll get there. Yeah, but, you know, it's a lot of work to be done. It'll get there eventually, but we just got to have more people just doing it and telling their story. And we're at the point now where because tech is changing, where, you know, what it meant to be tech, like I was in tech, you know, five years ago, what it meant to be, like, in tech five years ago is different now because niggas is doing, like, everything is AI-driven, it's blockchain and Bitcoin and all uh, cryptocurrency. That shit is real tech. I'm not doing tech like that no more. Like that, I'm not tech. <laughs> I'm gonna do some other. I'm doing some other shit. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> that, that's tech. That's real tech. Yeah. That's not what I'm doing. Nah. I'm just. I know how to leverage technology, and so I think because that whole bubble, like all the tech, that shit is kind of burst, and real tech is establishing itself in another space. Now what you're gonna have to. Now what you're gonna see is that was where all the. Now you're gonna see more cultural stuff happening where it's going to be more community-based where the black community, we're going to be able to create products and leverage technology that works for, for our people. And so it's just about leveraging that. So I think the shift is definitely going to come. So now you're going to have more people that come into the space that's just doing cool stuff. And then that in turn, I think, have a, like, a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, I don't know if we care about Juice World. he did that one-hour freestyle. Who? Like, Who no, did a what? You, you ain't heard of Juice World before? Hell no. Nah. Well, yeah, we can skip over that. He did a one hour free nigga freestyle for one hour. Oh so, my god, I don't, that sounds. I don't awful. even want to. That's what I'm saying. I, why would I want to listen to? A, I listen to like uh, ten minutes of it, but it's just like, all right, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm trying, I'm just running through like random like topics. Uh, the hove on the jet ski that was a funny moment, man. <laughs> uh, that listen. happened. I don't know this nigga hove. I think I don't know if he be trolling us. But this nigga just look mad weird every time he's trying to do something. Son, like, he's, he's sixty-seven. Just a bit athletic. <laughs> he's just old. Is that what it is? Bro, yes. Like he's just old. He got he got a fortune for the sake. He had the helmet on. Bro, I'm like, what is he protecting his head? He from? don't. Nigga, he don't want. He in the ocean, bro. Listen, that old <laughs> fragile ass skull of his. <laughs> I just I thought that was funny, but they had that man on all kind of shit, boy. They had him in a wheelchair. Did I, I feel like they put him in that, that little wheelchair gift that you be posting there. <laughs> man, that's the funniest shit ever, ever. Man, you gotta stop. You gotta stop posting that shit. Man, man that shit is hilarious. <laughs> um, I don't really care about the Fifty Cent and Papoose shit. I don't really know where they're coming from. Papoose is just not annoying. That's all. Yeah. Uh, booed up remixes. Sick of so, them. You sick of the all of them? Uh, I mean, after you know, I heard I T-Pain's, like, I ain't really need to hear nobody else's. I felt like, so first off, we didn't talk about this, and I meant to put it on there, but like, what's the song of the summer? I felt like Booed Up was the song of the summer. Unfortunately. When people, people ask me, I think the, the actual track is good, but now you get into this whole remix thing where everybody jumping on the way. Uh, it's just kind of annoying. Um, I think a number of people did you had Applies remix. Mm-hmm. I think Twenty One Savage did a remix. Uh, then you had the what the official remix was with Nicki Minaj and Quavo, and that was I feel like Lord what we would call big big trash. Oh my god! <laughs> Man, I don't even know why they would put Nicki Minaj on that song or Quavo. But I think I follow the chick Key. She's Twenty One Savage manager. She was like, "This is what happened when the you know this is label politics at its finest." So basically. They doing that to try to push the song to number one, pretty much. <laughs> so it's just like it's just politics, putting big names on it. But that was 
complete trash. Anything that got Nicki Minaj's name on it now, <laughs> I'm just going to assume that it's big trash, it's and I don't want no parts of it. Keep it away from Keep me. Keep it far the fuck away from me. There's nobody, <laughs> there's literally nobody that can make me be excited about a song with Nicki Minaj's name on it. Nobody. What was your favorite? Let me ask you that. What was your favorite, Nicki? Was it the monster verse? My, it's like right there for My us. favorite. What was, your, what was your favorite Nicki moment? <laughs> 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 Nigga, I don't know if I have a favorite Nicki moment. Um, she went hard on that monster verse. I don't did. know if somebody wrote that shit. She for did, her. but like niggas just gonna say I'm hating because I don't think she had the best verse. I like Kanye verse better than that. Like Kanye verse. Well, I ain't say that it was the best. No, no, no. I know, like that. Hard, I know man. it was a hard verse, but I think like the consensus is that she killed everybody on that, and I just don't think so. Like. I think Kanye verse is super duper underrated. Listen to it again. Just on whatever y'all got some time, listen to that shit again. But um, that's your homework. I don't. I, I don't. That's the only Nicki verse that I know. I don't know it word <laughs> for word, but that's the only one that I can keep up with her on. Like, man, you out here trying to act like you don't be rapping that shit in the show, bro. Listen, I was. I ain't in the bluff no more, nigga. I was about to say on <laughs> on something I ain't supposed to be putting. <laughs> but listen, bro, I ain't never, <laughs> never, ever listening to no Nicki Minaj to the point where I'm singing none of that shit in the show. <laughs> I don't even want to be thinking about Nicki Minaj when I'm in a vulnerable position like the show. She's funny. Yeah, man, she... uh. Joe Budden said he thinks she on drugs, bro. That's a good hypothesis. I don't know. I, I mean, I could, I can see it. Did you see the video of her un, unboxing the gifts that she bought herself? Yeah, it was hard to watch, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, why would you do that? Like, what? I don't even understand the the thought behind. Like, even if you are gonna be a cornball and say, "Oh, let me record myself." Opening these gifts, what like what is that gonna do? Yeah, it was hard to watch. I don't know. I don't have no explanation. Crack. <laughs> it's a hell of a drug. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've been watching Power. Man, unfortunately, and I, know, I already know how you you feel about it. You can't stop watching it, but you think it's trash. I can't Nobody, stop none watching of, none this of shit. the people can't act, but you can't stop watching it. Does that make it a great show? Ghost, Ghost, Ghost can act. Amari Hardwood, he 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 can act. Fifty Cent can act, but he playing himself. Um, uh, so I don't know if he can act, but yeah, he he hasn't struck me with a, a cringe worthy moment yet. Um, does that make it a good show? No. If you um, can't stop watching. Nah, it's entertaining. It's like how um, all the women try to justify watching Love and Hip Hop. Like, they know it's trash, but they just can't stop watching. That's power is my Love and Hip Hop. I just get the, <laughs> I get the benefit of saying that it's supposed to be fake. Shit just, shit just out of control to me, bro. You know, I, I feel like after a show gets to... Like season three, shit just get way too dramatic. 
because they man, gotta keep the shit going. Man, listen. So I do. I wanna. I do think stars had a big, re, like, big part to play, and why the show got that much trash. Because I think season one and season two was straight. Um, but I think they was trying to get like some more episodes. And they ain't let them get as many episodes. I think they were trying to get like 10, maybe 13 episodes or some shit like that. And only got eight. And then I think they went up to 10. I don't know, something like that. And so I know that, I mean, they're probably kind of handicapped. They writing or whatever. But, boy, it don't matter what they write. These niggas can't act, bro. <laughs> Who the wor- who's the worst actor? Man, I so listen. At first, the worst was Tasha. And then... Angela, I started noticing Angela, but nigga, the first scene of this season is Tasha and Angela, like, <laughs> in one scene together. And that's just super duper too, too, much for, too much for TV. Listen, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how they, they looking at this shit thinking that it's convincing. Uh, maybe maybe they know that the acting performances ain't up to par, but maybe that they feeling like their story is just, you know, so good that niggas don't give a fuck. But I, I got to disagree with both. Yeah, man, the, the storyline, the fact that this nigga Kanan and Ghost is working together that just make me don't even care about the fact that no the more. fact that Kane ain't even alive. Yeah, that he's still alive. That's what I said. The that first part Kane. is that he's alive, and then the second part is that now they working together, and then we know that this nigga Kane, uh, he, he what he already what he did rob the niggas and then paid them. Did he rob? He robbed Dre niggas and paid Tummy with the money that he robbed from them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a. Uh, it's crazy. You know, can't, the he all, you, know, you, can't really, you can't never really trust that nigga. Then these niggas, like, yeah, bro, it's, it's crazy. Like, even this last season, this this newest season, is the shit could have been over with after episode two. But they had to put in that little, little dumbass loop hole that didn't make no sense. Now, all of a sudden, they working for somebody else. Like... Bro, like get this, get this shit the fuck out. Nigga of came out of nowhere. Niggas, the drug lords that we never heard of. Never and heard of. Lobos, Lobos was the, the the original like kingpin of everything, and now that nigga off, and now niggas coming out the woodwork. Bro, everybody that we ain't never heard of. Yeah, and now they like not only have we not heard of them, but like they so powerful that all they gotta do is say you work for me now, and these <laughs> niggas just like shit. All right. Yeah, I they, can't now. I work for him. Exactly. The the show trash, uh. But shit, I'm gonna watch that shit again until it's over. With. We gotta we gotta tune in. But the shit, I told myself after they killed Lorena, I was like, uh, I don't got no reason to watch this shit no more. I didn't even give a. That's how I knew the show was trash. I didn't give a damn when Raina died, and I felt like I was supposed to feel something. Yeah, I, I, don't know, didn't, like, I didn't care. My sinus, my sinus was acting up. Wow, uh, weekend nigga. <laughs> the, the, I think the acting performances and like the logic and how they even got to that spot. Like, I'm just thinking, like, bro, this this stupid. I don't even care that she dead. 
And then Ooh. they killed her, like, out of, I don't know, like. Everybody else that should be done. That's what I'm saying, out of everybody else. That's what made me think. <laughs> the like, most oh, innocent person. Yeah, like, that's what made me think, like, oh, this death was really supposed to fuck me up. And I'm sitting here, like, mad because she can't act. <laughs> she a little fucking kid, though. She's probably a little kid. She Nigga, so? Like, teenager. Bro, the the Olsen twins was fire as little babies. Like, they was good. Raven like Simone it. was fire at, on the Cosby show. Like, I ain't trying to hear that little kid shit. Well, we need to probably, like, let her, let her not be so good that she grow up and be a fucking weirdo, bro. She needs to just grow up and be having a, little, a normal life. Man, you know, all of them people, all of the people you just named, they ain't. I think the Olsen twins might be doing okay. I don't know. Well, they hell, no, they be, they not they be doing. doing okay. They be they yeah. look they look weird. I mean, I'm saying they, they do doing like the exact opposite. They like okay. they like fashion icons or some shit now, but Boy, they don't. Look that's because they got a line. They don't look good, and then we don't even know what to say about Raven. Yeah, she tripping, tripping. So you know, maybe she don't need to be too good. She just need to be good enough. Who dang all. All the childhood stars fucked up. Yeah, bro. I Except uh, Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie McGuire kind of fine, too. But Tuesday, that's the Hillary Duff. Uh-huh. She the only one that's regular. I don't know. I, ain't, I, ain't. I think the last time I seen her, she was married. She was on the beach, man, with a back seat. With a back seat. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, Lizzie McGuire doing just fine. But, yeah, all the rest of them niggas are weirdos. I think I might have seen that the article. It's funny. Uh, I think this is kind of the last thing we got on the agenda, and it seems like the NBA always blesses us every day uh, <laughs> that we about to do a podcast. <laughs> uh, but we got the news that Kawhi they just traded Kawhi to the Raptors, Kawhi and uh, Danny Green for uh, Demar Derozan. And some other niggas go on with fucking nothing. That's some in the first round pick. Yeah. Yeah, I does hurdle. <laughs> what I mean, how you feel about that? I don't really I ain't see fuck. I ain't see this I ain't see it coming. <laughs> I did. Does, I, uh, what does this do? What does this do for is this does this change no turn around the Toronto no. Raptor the Raptors franchise? No. This actually makes the Toronto Ranta. I mean the LeBronto Raptors <laughs> worse uh, because what are your chances that you think Kawhi gonna actually sign again next year? Zero. And so they just gave up DeRozan. Well, with two years of okay. his contract. So listen, I'm gonna tell you from the Spurs' perspective, they they is lit. You got yeah, they they won. They won. You got De- Demar DeRozan, no superstar, but he ain't trash and. uh I know that nigga would much rather be in uh, Toronto than San Antonio, but I, I don't know. Maybe because I ain't never been nowhere. I'd much rather be in America than be in Canada. <laughs> but <laughs> Now, Canada lit, bro. They got free healthcare and all that kind of Yeah, and so, but, but that's what I was thinking. So, like, I don't know. I was, I was thinking about it when they first traded because DeMar DeRozan was pissed off. Like, yeah, he was. He was clearly because what happened was the trade talks been going on for, like, a week or so. That's how I knew it was coming. But what mm-hmm. they said that they the talks had fell apart, like they was close to falling apart a couple of different times. And what I'm thinking is what happened. Is I think one of those times they told them like, "Nah, we're not gonna trade you, bro. You good." And then next thing you know, they got traded. 
I think that's what happened. But yeah. um, if my 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 initial reaction from Toronto was that's stupid, bro. You know Kawhi Leonard not gonna resign there, and I still think it's stupid. Like to, Toronto is not gonna resign Kawhi Leonard. He's going to L.A. Well, maybe they think they're gonna roll out the red card before and make him finally love. Bro, he's not resigning in L.A. I mean, he's not resigning in Toronto, bro. He's going to L.A. because. <laughs> Don't nobody want to live in fucking Canada, bro. Unless you was just drafted there and you had to stay there and you ain't had no fucking choice, like Demar Derozan. That's the only reason he liked it there, bro. I heard I heard Toronto was lit. I ain't I mean, it's a straight little party town, but like I was reading, I was doing, so I was reading up on it today and just getting people perspective, like Americans that went and played for the Raptors and why they don't like living there, bro. It's the reason why all them niggas live. Chris Bosh, Vince Carter. T-Man. They said. They said. Did you watch the Vince Carter documentary? They said he turned up Toronto. He he did turn that shit up. Like like he had brought the he brought the whole scene to it. That's like, what I'm saying. Club scene, all of that. He did. He turned that shit up, but he didn't have a choice. Did he get drafted there? I think I he got drafted know. there. So like I was about to say, I don't remember where he got drafted. So I think he got drafted there, and you know how I don't know if it was the same way, but I'm assuming like. When you get drafted somewhere, your first time after your first contract up, nine times out of ten, you re-sign with that team. Like it's very rare that you leave. So like you gonna at least be there five years back then, but now it's like seven years. You at least gonna be at your first team like seven years, unless something crazy happened. So yeah. like that's why DeMar DeRozan loved it there so much, but that's another reason. but Niggas don't like going to Toronto, bro. Like everything different. Like it might be close to America, but it ain't fucking America. <laughs> so like, what I'm. So basically, I say all that to say, they just got rid of Demar Derozan for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard gonna be gone this year coming up. Them niggas gonna be good. They might make the Eastern Conference Finals and all that shit. Maybe even that's, go what, to I, the that's what I. That's what I was gonna ask you. Like, does, what does this make them rank? They don't. Uh, I don't as think as far as. As far as the uh, Eastern Conference, I still think concerned. they'll be. I don't know. They they better than one of them teams, Boston or Philly. I don't really know which one. I feel like they're gonna be better than one of them just because. Shit, they got the same team. They just replacing Demar Derozan with Kawhi Leonard, who is way better than Demar Derozan. So, yeah, I think they're gonna be fire next year. But you think how much when he leaves? You think uh, who did they hire? They had they hired a new coach. Yet? Yeah, they uh, they promoted their assistant coach. So a nigga named Nick Nurse. I listen. He ain't never coached before. Steve Kerr never coached before. So, and you see what the fuck happened. So I will reserve comments on him. Ty Lu, I mean fucking Spolstra. Ty Lu was like not fucking coaching. Well, he I mean he a coach though. <laughs> he a representative. Yeah. He a spokesperson. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm surprised that Eric Spoelstra still has a job in Miami. He, they like him, I guess. Nah, nigga, is he, is nigga, he don't a, speak on my team, bro. You don't even know what's going on down here, bro. I'm, a, I'm asking, don't, bro. Don't we talk about? He got a job, nigga. But I'm just saying, he, he, it was just LeBron. That was uh, the big reason why. He, no, my nigga, is he a good coach? He a great coach. I'm gonna tell you. LeBron didn't want him because LeBron wanted Pat Riley to coach. Pat Riley said, no, nigga, Eric Spoelstra to coach. Like it or love it. And Eric Spoelstra took us to, you know, back-to-back titles. And once LeBron left, 
we barely missed we missed the playoffs by one game. So like he a, he a great coach. Bro, I'm not gonna just sit here and let you just big up this nigga. Bro, look when at they be, take when they mediocre take a, so. when you get some free time. Uh, do your Googles on the longest tenure coaches in the NBA right now and show show me where he ranked on the list and then get back with me. I seen something about that on ESPN. Just just but... just let me know. My nigga can coach, man. We just we just ain't really been in the position. The problem with us is that we don't want to go all the way to hell in order to you know <laughs> like we don't want to tank in order to do what we need to do. So we're really y'all just ain't gonna ready. throw no y'all ain't gonna throw no seasons. Yeah, like we won't just throw no seasons. Me, I'm ready. Throw the season away because I got backup teams regardless. So like, <laughs> just I'm. Uh-huh. <laughs> What'd you say? Say roll with the winners. Yeah, you gotta roll with the winners. So I'm like, I'm not gonna ever go nowhere. I'm always be a Heat fan, but until we got niggas like Dragic. And Josh, uh, James Johnson and Hassan Whiteside, all these good ass niggas who not good enough to win us no shit. Like, as long as them niggas on our team, we ain't gonna never be nothing. At least you, at least you know. So shit, that's why we dub nation, baby, until they get it together. 